Hello and welcome to episode two of Rigore, the Italian football podcast that looks at things from a slightly different position than most other Italian football podcasts uh, from lower down the league. I'm Marco. And I'm Giancarlo. Sorry, I was sleeping yeah. there. I was still, I was just having a slurp of my wine there when you, you caught me. You caught me it on is, the It's Sunday here. evening. It's Sunday it's, evening. He's an old man. I'm woking him up to do this. Kicking back. Fair. I'm kicking back and relaxing. There was no Fiorentina game today, so I was, That's what I was, it was able yeah. to crack open a bottle of wine and actually enjoy it. Sorry, apologies for that delay. I'm Giancarlo. I've just remembered who I am. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's a good start. Um, and yeah, you'll, you'll hear that we're both sounding a bit more upbeat this week than, than last week, and we'll get onto the reasons for that um, shortly. But I was going to start off this week, and this is related to, in part, to my happiness, about one of my favourite topics, the poor, the standard of officiating in Italy, because we've seen a few examples of some strange decisions uh, this weekend, starting with, if we look at yesterday, before we get to the Venezia game, there was the Lazio game, um, who I think it's fair to say probably got the the dodgy penalty of the week. I'd, I'd certainly concur with that. I like to give out that unofficial award every week in Italy, and it's never it's never gone ungiven. Um, there's never been a week <laughs> no. where you think, oh, no. all those were those were absolutely all cast iron penalties. Yeah. But for me, this was the this was the the, the weakest one. I mean, uh, undoubtedly, it probably did not. I, I think you could see from Sinisa Mihailovic's face what he thought of it as they showed yeah. the replays. You'd have got a big defender, Sumaro of uh, Bologna, running away with the ball. Zakani's following behind him, and the the trailing arm does does make contact, but it it wasn't a it was far from a forearm smash in the face that, that no, he and Zakani certainly goes down rather easily for they, they do, and I mean, and, and again, I don't attach particular blame to him because you see it, you know, I, I think if we had a list of players who went down easily under a challenge, it would probably comprise all the players in Serie A pretty much and <laughs> and beyond and beyond. So you know, I don't, I'm not particularly pointing a finger of blame, and as for as long as they're given, uh, people will do it. But it just it seemed such a few, and you know, Lazio. Didn't need that help. Your favourite striker, Chiro Immobile, stepped up to score the yep. to score the goal, and 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 there we went. But I think you just see these all the time now, where players get a. a, a I mean, it was a it was a, maybe a slap in the face. It, it probably was quite sore, even. But I, I, I don't personally think it was enough to to constitute. No, a it's it's a contact sport, and he wasn't throwing his hand at him in any sort of deliberate violent way or anything that I I'd like we were discussing this shortly before we started recording and as you said I don't think this is a penalty that we'd be given certainly not in any of the British leagues put it that way you might get it in, in some of the continental leagues but they're so keen to give any penalty in Italy, no, they, and you can see that by the numbers of penalties that are given. They are. Now in Scotland, you'd have been laughed out of court for <laughs> even falling over at that one. You know what I mean? You'd exactly. have been told to get up and and get on with it. So, hi. That was that was my. I mean, feel free if any listener wants to nominate another yeah, dodgy exactly. penalty of the week. But to me, to me, that was uh, that stood head and shoulders above the above the others competitors this week. 
And and then uh, staying on that subject of officiating, though, obviously uh, I'm quite happy because Venezia got back to winning ways last night um, and actually gave Torino their first ever home defeat this season, which is some achievement. And after a dodgy start, uh, we did, I feel, come into the game and, and certainly deserve to get something out of it. But Belotti did put the ball in the net in the 90th minute which started off a sequence of farcical events <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But there was a, there was a four-minute VAR check to see not if Belotti was offside, but if Pobega was offside. And Pobega was offside, and I think they had judged that he, because he was offside, he was blocking Caldara's run to try and get Belotti. Now, I don't think Caldara could possibly have stopped it, but... Again, do you think that decision would have been given in, in England, for example? I, I, I don't know. It seems like in Italy they go back, I mean, not to the previous week's games, but almost in order to try to <laughs> yeah, find exactly, an incident. Yeah. And almost to try to find an incident there. You know, they say we'll go back and rewind that tape as far as we can to see if there's any reason to disallow a goal. It's a curious thing I, I, I don't think so and I mean especially it was a pretty millimetric decision anyway yeah. from what I saw the stills showed that as, as you say that the the goal scorer was on side but mm. someone who possibly was interfering with play and then it must have taken a, a lengthy discussion worthy of the League of Nations to to, <laughs> to decide that he actually did interfere I mean, with play and then how how does that constitute a sort of clear error I, I don't know yeah. we, we, no no I, I, I agree entirely and I, I think the you know as, as a, I was obviously delighted with the decision um, but yeah and we've had you know bad decisions against us this season as I have moaned to you about <laughs> on <laughs> before occasion. we started recording this podcast but so I'll take it absolutely but I have to say it was if I was a Torino fan I'd be pretty angry at, at that disallowed goal but then as I say it started a sequence of farcical events because we then played basically a half of extra time played to 105 minutes and Okure, he, he, there was a foul on Okureke for which the Torino player got booked, but then that went to VR and the booking was rescinded and Okureke was sent off for a man sliding under his foot as he jumped up in the air, which again seemed like a ludicrous decision to me. I, I, I watched that one back as well. I mean, I don't, I, unless he had powers of levitation, I don't <laughs> yeah. think there was any way he could avoid it. Didn't, you know, I, I, again, these things look better or worse in slow motion, and you know he he, did, he landed on his. Like, it would be sore, undoubtedly. It would have hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, definitely. But that's yeah. not that isn't what constitutes a red card offence. It looked like he was up in the air and he came down on him. And you know, sometimes you can even tell. I mean, only he could probably tell us whether it was on purpose or not. But you know, from all the replays I saw. It, it looked, as I say, that it was almost a physical impossibility for him not to come down. I mean, unless he'd been able to perform the splits or something and land <laughs> yeah, one exactly, leg, yeah. one place. One, it, it didn't. It didn't look like a glaring red card. But then no. I, I, I do sometimes wonder if they feel well. 
two injustices make justice. Yeah, I, I think that was definitely at play. That, definitely at play I, at that moment. I think that's the. I think that seems to be the Italian method of justice. Really, <laughs> yeah. is if you get it yeah. wrong twice, that's as that's as good as getting it right once. I think they seem to <laughs> they seem to operate on that sort of premise. So yeah, I, I watched those incidents again. That was. Uh, my feeling was that, as you say, that you know none of it would have happened outside of Italy. But you know, in, in the lagoons, they were drinking a happy spritz for. As you say, I think that was the first win of the year, was it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we needed that badly. Um, so it it sort of temporarily lifted us out of the the relegation zone. Cagliari got a point today, so we're level on points with them, but we've got the game in hand. So. Um, it was much needed, um, and yeah, on to another relegation battle next week against Genoa, which is a big one. Um, at, speaking of Genoa, they they were playing um, Salernitana, and I was going to ask you about Salernitana's approach to, to trying to stay up, because they've essentially almost bought a new team in January, and do you think that's something that ever works? I, I'm... I'm be surprised. I, I watched. Um, I've actually put myself through watching Salernitana <laughs> last weekend, and they, they weren't they weren't bad. And I mean, you know, fair play to the crowd. They turned out a great atmosphere. They really gave it everything, and there were sparks of life mm-hmm. from it. But I don't know that it makes a team. You know, I think you're then relying mm-hmm. on individuals doing something amazing and and they did they did get <laughs> Simone Verdi did do something amazing yeah, last did, last yeah. weekend you know so i think i think you can find it but to me that that was a game this weekend's game was a game one of those teams had to win i mean essentially yeah. they, they, they they shot each other really because i, I think there i was looking at their at their plight and I, you know i mean obviously salernitana are, i think nine points back Genoa's only six points, but it, you got a game in hand if ever, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe in two thousand and twenty five that game was yeah, Tana will that, get yeah. will get played. <laughs> so, you know, I I I I I personally think that that's pretty unlikely to I mean, in fairness, their form is slightly better than, than Genoa. I mean, Genoa haven't I looked at that as well. Twenty-two games without a win, Genoa have gone. They've, oh wow! I didn't realise that. They've constructed their league's points on draws alone. They had one win right at the start of the season, and since then, twenty-two games. It's almost the entire season without a win. Yeah. They've just they've stacked up draws. I mean, you could flip that and say they've gone uh, three games without defeat recently. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not a great it's not a great form line. So, but. I worry, I fear for Venezia because there, as you were saying, Torino had impressive home form, and you know Venezia were able to kill that off. So maybe the flip side will be that they'll be the team to give Genoa that first win in twenty. Yeah, I sincerely for as for for cousinly love, I hope that that, <laughs> I hope that that's not the case. For the sake of podcasting, exactly, harmony. exactly. That's right, aye, that's right. I prefer the upbeat version to the the miserable, grumpy version. It's not as well. It's not we'll as much see. Fun. We'll see what sort of uh, mood I'm in next week uh, after the game. But um, looking at the other end of the table, there was obviously the the big clash between um, Napoli and Inter, which I thought Napoli looked. So impressive for about 35, 40 minutes of the first half, completely all over Inter. But then 
you suddenly got that sense that Inter were getting a grip on the game a bit, and then obviously Jeko got that that equaliser, and and really after that it didn't look like Napoli were going to be able to snatch that win, which I think Napoli probably needed more than Inter. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, it, it felt a bit like a game that I, I sometimes wonder if these teams look at each other and they, they're looking around waiting for Juve to catch them or something. It's yeah, as I if know. they're like, you know what, we've sneaked in here. Where is, you know, where's the owner of this house? We're rifling through the drawers looking at them. We expect them to sort of apprehend them. But, you know, that I don't think, well, famously, they, they, may still, they may still catch them. But it, it was as if Napoli didn't quite have that belief to get yeah. them to get them over the over the line, which you know was a shame because I, I think well, I, I mean I'm always a bit more for the underdog for the for the known winner, and when you stack up the Scudetti that Inter already have, I say well you know it'd be nice for Napoli to get something. They also play nice football when they're in the, you know when they're in the mood. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and such a shame we're going to lose Insigne because. Yeah. You know, there's a player that when he's when he's in his groove, he's great. He's great to watch, and they've got you know they've got a stack of nice players. But uh, unfortunately, as I say, just look, they didn't have the conviction. And then if we come back to what we were saying last week about Giroud. There's Jekyll pops up with a, yeah. a vital goal, and it, it's another one for the the sort of the Serie A pensioners league, where you know exactly. these, these old stars coming. I mean, I remember. Uh, as I was saying before, Bobo Vieri used to say, "Oh, I don't, I won't go to England because that's that's where I'll go to get my pension." And it's now as if Italy's become a, a bit that. And you know, it, I mean, there are still some good young, and I mean, the, the, the Vlaovic stayed in Italy good, yeah. but you know, it, it does seem to be that if you're a, I mean, and they're great players. Don't get me wrong; they've they've been great players in the arts. Oh, yeah. They still uh-huh. know, you know, they know the craft and. Maybe maybe there is something that these boys come to Italy and you know it does prolong their careers because whatever Italian teams do, they know they know fitness, they know how to keep a player in mm-hmm. in trim. We can see from you know going back to Maldini and the likes that you know a, a, a player can um, can play well on into their their late thirties and still be very effective, but. You know, just when it kind of makes a compelling case that it is a bit of an old folks' league when 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 these boys pop up and score kind of vital goals in you know absolutely top of the table top of the table clashes. But it it let you you know you 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 double down on Milan not being very good, but it let them sneak back to the I know. sneak back to the top of the table. And again. I watched the I watched the game today uh, against Sampdoria, and I felt again. Milan did what they needed to do today without, again, looking like that impressive a team to me. It was but, a lovely... You know, I, I'm not wanting to annoy the Milanese No, 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 but I, league, I was but... going to... Maybe I'm damning them with faint trees here, but what a Route 1 goal it was they got. I mean, it was yeah. some assist from Mignon if it was... If it was Ederson did that, we'd, we'd never hear the end yeah. of it for Man City, you know, but he, he picked his man out with about an I don't know eighty yard pass to lay out, and mm-hmm. then he is becoming a you know he's becoming the player that maybe he he promised to be because he certainly yeah. if he can add scoring goals he's always been pacey he's always been tricky but if he can add scoring goals to it he's and then he's a he's on the right side of the age demographic at least as well so yeah you know it was certainly that it, but 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 globally you know Samp's one of the poorest form teams, you know, bar yeah. in, the, in, the, in the league. So to beat them one 0 it was it was a case you can't be you can't be breathtaking 
every week. No, but, absolutely. But not. it'd be nice yeah. if you did it a few more. A few more <laughs> exactly. weeks would be would be more yeah. entertaining. I'm, I'm slightly concerned about Leao starting to look good just a month before uh, Italy I, potentially play I, I do, Portugal. Th- this does this does cause me concern. Almost every game I watch, I see that boy's having a blinder. And I realise it's like Joao Cancelo, or it's you know, it's they're all players exactly. that are eligible to play for Portugal. So yeah, it is a is a cause not not to offend any North Macedonian listeners that we might have who's, no. who's saying don't be don't be so presumptuous because you might not get past us. And no, that's, absolutely that's, not. And that's very true. But yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That is always when these players start to show form. You think, please don't, don't they uh, bite the hand that feeds you and, and come in and I mean, make us watch another world I mean, if he could just maybe twist, twist his ankle for just put him out for a week. Ah, or two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, a very short-term yeah. injury would be fine <laughs> exactly. for for a number of their of their key players. <laughs> exactly. so should we should we make it to there just so that we don't have to watch another World Cup on the telly without oh, without Italy no. being anyway. part of it. Let, let's let's avoid that thought for just now. Oh, before we move on from it, I did have one more uh, question for you, which is, uh, what? How does Simone Inzaghi have the voice of a ninety-year-old man? <laughs> uh, I, I was shocked. I don't think I've ever heard him speaking before, um, but I, I saw an interview with him, and yeah, it, it does, his voice does not fit his face in any way. No, well, it's an interesting thing you should ask because I've done a bit of research into this, Marco. Now, I, I mean, I've. He's got one of the deepest voices in it. If you ever hear him bellow, you know, in those when we were behind yeah. closed doors, it was something to hear and the echoing bouncing off the walls of every ground that he was in. But I think it's I think it's actually he has had he he's often has to send out like at Lazio and now at Inter as well, he often has to send out his like his assistant to do post match interviews because his voice he loses his voice completely, so ah, he's okay. actually he's actually had a number of incidents of this. Lazio fans would tell you where he can't. I mean, maybe he just doesn't want to do the interview. But no, but you hear him. I've seen him interviewed where he can barely get the the words yeah. out. They even interviewed a singer to see if he had any advice for him <laughs> on how to not to lose his voice. And and one of the play, one of his ex players, I think Marco Parolo, said that through the week sometimes. All he can do is whisper to his own players to get his voice back in time wow. for the, to bellow at them again through the game at the weekend. And so I think that's, I think effectively he puts his voice through about 50 years of work when he's on the sidelines. That's incredible. Post- there you go. I, I was trying to make a, a, a stupid point, no, but there is actually no, a story behind it. There is actually it. a story behind his voice. I thought, I mean, you know, and, and I've, cause I've, it is a distinctive voice and it is, it's, it's not as, I mean, I don't know if you have, but the person who used to irritate me most was Gigi Del Neri, the Cavo manager. Who used I can't to, remember. Used to hear him shouting from the sideline. He was a good manager. Cavo was yeah. his sort of miracle, yeah, yeah. but um, but he had such an irritating voice. And some just catch you a pitch that is irritating. But yeah. but he's like he's not that. He's just got a very deep, rich voice, and he does. If you've watched him on the sidelines, he does get well agitated. I mean, you've seen him. Yeah. Throwing bottles about and whatever, um, and so. But I, I think this is the thing that he, he, he shouts at them so much. He he uses up decades worth of voice in <laughs> one game to then come well, off the pitch and sound like uh, what you thought was a ninety-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That is, uh, you learn something new every week. Yeah, we like, like to be informative <laughs> as well, as, well um, as idiotic. 
Now, you'll notice, of course, that uh, before we go, we haven't spoken about Fiorentina, which uh, is because they haven't played yet, which is perhaps another reason that you're happy this weekend. Yeah, it's been a very relaxed weekend. So how are you feeling about the game tomorrow? Always concerned with Fiorentina. I mean, with a lovely bounce-back victory midweek in the Cup against Atalanta with a glorious injury time strike down to down to 10 men I mean I, I, I look back and I think we, we're the only team that can rival you in terms of red cards in Serie A yeah um, I saw that although yeah. this, is the, this was the cup um, so but you know we're down to 10 men 2-2 and you're thinking oh please the last thing we need is extra time I was almost I'll be honest wishing that Atalanta would score just to put us out of misery and then Nikola Milenkovic pops up with an absolute worldy he doesn't score many, but he scores them nice when he does uh, to get us through for a semi-final with the team which shall not be named and the player yes, and the player who shall not be named as well. So uh, that was good. But always, there's always a sense of trepidation with Fiorentina that you know one good result will not necessarily lead to another. Spezia are actually in quite good form since yeah, they since uh-huh. they decided not to sack Thiago Motta. They've yeah. gone on a they've gone on a bit of a tear. So and and also, you know, they've always got a bit of an agenda with the with us having pinched their coach in the summer. I think they always like to put one over on their old on their old boss. So never never confident. Midfield to be reconstructed a bit with the uh, Lucas Torreira and uh, Jack Bonaventura both out as well. Surely the answer to that is Mali. Well, Mali is the answer to You're absolutely right. Mal- but you know who isn't the answer to it, unfortunately, is uh, Gaetano Castrovilli, who's gone backwards, really, ah. which is a shame for him and for, and for Italy. So I'd suggest that... Um, Lord Duncan, as I call him, would, would probably be the man to, to slot in there and, and try and give us a sort of solid base into the midfield and do a job. But you don't know, that is a glorious thing with Fiorentina is that you really have no idea whether it could be... A, it probably won't be a draw, that's the only thing you can say, because we don't produce many of those, but you know, it, it could easily well. be a win a win either, either way. But uh, it's been a nice relaxing weekend without Fiorentina playing that, I confess. Excellent. Well, it'll be an exciting Monday evening then either way. But um, I think that's all we've got time for this week. But before we go, I'm going to ask the listeners, uh, first of all, thank you very much for tuning in. We had great response to the first episode. But if you uh, enjoyed it, please do give us a rating and review on your favourite podcast app and make sure to subscribe or follow the, the, the podcast because that helps us jump up those charts which is always good for a podcast but otherwise we'll see you next week and we'll see if we're both still smiling highly unlikely (laughs) exactly (laughs) cheers